on. There we go. Hello. This is Lynn Hardy. I'm here with Agape Christian Fellowship. We are learning about how to hear from God by interpreting our dreams. Now, it's not so much we that do it, but the Holy Spirit helps us. I'm going to share with you some typical interpretations that apply 50 to 75% of the time, but we always have to um, rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us and show us what these dreams mean. Since he brings them to us, he will reveal it to us. I'm just muting audios. So since the Holy Spirit brings dreams to us, he will reveal it, reveal its meaning to us if we will ask him. Often it's nice to honor the Holy Spirit by writing it down. If you don't remember dreams really well, this will help. Um, and often he'll bring the interpretation as you're writing it. At least that's what he does for me. In a dream, if you wind up being naked, what does this mean? Believe it or not, being naked in a dream isn't necessarily a negative thing. Remember, Adam and Eve were naked in the Garden of Eden before they ate the forbidden fruit. And then all of a sudden they became conscious of sin. And that's when they hid, they hid themselves. So in a dream from God, if you're naked, it doesn't mean a bad thing. It usually indicates um, issues of being open or transparent in your life. It could be a calling to be open and transparent. So you have to look at how, what is going on in the dream when you're naked. Are you naked in school? This may mean in order to learn more, you need to be a little more transparent with, pe where, with people that you're learning from. If you are naked in your work, it may mean that there are some things that um, need to be revealed there. If you're naked in front of a specific person or group, it'll often indicate that your openness and transparency will be a benefit to that group. Uh, a lot of people, when they're called to ministry, they'll see themselves uh, at least partially naked in front of a, a large congregation, in front of a large gathering, because God can often God can often use our God can often use our transparency transparency about our own sin to help others uh, you know it can be really hard i i've heard other ministers talk about sin but they usually do it in kind of a circumspect way um, and sometimes it depends on how God leads you. Sometimes a little more openness is better because people, you know, that way they can get a good grasp of, of what the issue was and how you dealt with it with the aid of the Holy Spirit, how God brought you through that. So let the Holy Spirit be your guide about how much candor you should have and, and what is needed for you to, re, to achieve the destiny God has for you. So that is all there is to naked dreams. It's only about openness, transparency, the need for it, and especially in connection with the goals that are described in the dream. Does anyone here today have a dream about a, a dream about being naked or transparent in any way?
Lynn, I mm -hmm. used to have dreams. This was years ago when I was really, um, you know, into praying for people and the Lord would show me people to intercede for. And I remember dreaming, having dreams about certain people that were topless. And I thought it meant they were exposed. It and that's mean, how I prayed. It could mean that they're exposed or it could mean that there is a um, need for them to share some transparency with you that will help them. It means that you there you might need to see straight to the the heart of the issue. Interesting. So one was a friend and her daughter, and they were at a stadium, and they were naked, like from the waist up. Were they speaking or just participating? Uh, they were speaking to each other. Then this would mean especially if it's in a stadium type atmosphere and if you knew them from church, it would mean that their relationship could grow if they would be open with each other, especially about the things of God, hmm. where they've fallen short. Does that help, Lydia? Yeah. Wonderful. Do we have anyone else? Yes, Noabisa says, what if you dream about someone else being naked? Well, that's what I dreamt, but if somebody, if the other person is naked. So if the other person is naked, then it may mean that there is something in their hidden life that needs to be revealed. That if you will connect with them, you'll find something underneath that needs to be dealt with. Does that make sense, Nawabisa? The, the people that you're dreaming about, maybe they have something that is very personal in their life that you'll be able to learn from, or they have a need to be able to release something by sharing it. And it might be of a very personal na nature. It could be the Holy Spirit and the Lord warning you. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Um, okay, so Lydia, if there's no one else about naked dreams, do we have um, anyone with regular dreams? Just put your name in the Yes, please put your name in the chat. We had a couple of people who sent us emails in preparation for this. Yes, uh, Karen was one. She sent you her dream. Um, okay. So Karen, do you, I'm gonna unmute you if you wanna read your dream, if you want interpretation. I know Lynn has, or yeah, Lynn has a copy. Can you unmute yourself, Karen? Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead, Karen. Okay. No, I have a lot of network problem. If you have it, could you read it? Sure. I'll read it for you. Yeah. Dreams that sure. my, 
okay, so your dream says, my dad and I were traveling in a train and an unknown man was also in the train. He didn't have a bag and we had two bags. So my dad told me to give him one bag. Before giving him the bag, I thought to check if there was anything valuable in there. I found a box with coins and there were some old coins which are worth much nowadays. So now the dream shifts to the edge of my property and I have three other companions with me. And that man has three of his companions that are across the fence in a small stream that borders our property. So I began to separate the old coins. Then this man came up to me and wanted me to give it all to him, but it belonged to me so I wouldn't give it. He threatened me showing his friends in the stream. My companions told me that they were with me. My companions told me they were with me. I found four razor like small knives and there I picked them up and I handed one to each companion. I warned the man, but he told, but he didn't listen. So I slit his throat both sides and slew and threw him to my left. Then I saw his face and it looked like a preacher, Joshua Mills. I wiped my hands in a cloth, which was full of blood. Now I fear, now fear and guilt struck me and I don't know what to do, but I was worried that the police would arrest me. So I collected the knife and cloth and put it in a bag and I asked of my companions who had a bike to drive far and get rid of the evidence. And the man was still alive and I told him to throw him over the fence, but he, he just hung up on the barbed wire. Okay, so this dream is about being faithful to what God tells you to do. Um, a train is a ministry. So this is at a point when you were, um, you were hearing from God, who is your father, God is your father, and you're on a train, which is a ministry going in a set path. You have no way to change this train. You're just participating in this ministry and probably benefiting from it because you're getting from point A to point B. So God told you to give one of your bags to someone on this train. And instead of following God's instructions, you started calculating, oh, I wonder what's in here. I wonder how much it's worth. And you started looking into it and you found out there was some valuable stuff. And so you weren't wanting to give it away. Then the dream shifts and now you're at your home on your property. So this indicates your life. So this is dealing with your life and the, the stream um, indicates a, a barrier, but it touches another property. So this means there's somebody whose life is, is close to your life. And um, there is a barrier between the two, meaning there is, uh, there's, you have to, there's difficulty connecting with this person. And God is still waiting you, waiting for you to follow through with his instructions. When you don't, because you start taking out the valuable things, you notice really bad stuff starts happening. And I, and I believe this is perhaps, you know, God's word says that when we are, when we receive something of spiritual value, we're supposed to sow back 
to that person. And if we don't, it, it snafus God's system. Because when we acknowledge by giving, then God moves in more power in our life. And, and, but you're calculating instead, oh, how much should I give of how much value when God just said to hand it over. And what happens is that, that because of this, there, it, it creates problems in the spiritual realm, which is what you see here is the battle. Knives indicate uh, words. So you are trying to fight the spiritual battle with probably the word of God. And you have three, three friends that are on your side that very well could be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you're trying to get them all active in fighting the spiritual battle now. Because the power lines were all snafued. <laughs> and the way you're taking care of it could lead to more charges. That's what the, the, the uh, police are about. God is saying, look, you know, now you didn't do what I told you to. And because of that, there's trouble in the spiritual realm. And now you're trying to solve that spiritual realm by going to the word of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to clear everything up. But what that's going to bring is more charges in the courts of heaven. So it's a very big warning dream. What the right thing to do is to really confess that you were wrong, that you should have given when God told you to, and ask his forgiveness and plead the blood of Jesus over that action instead of fighting all these spiritual battles. A lot of times we see that in the courts of heaven is that people come to us because they haven't been able to get a breakthrough in a certain area. And it's because they're using the name and the blood because the New Testament says we have the name and the blood and they're calling on God and they're saying all these things, but their situation is just getting worse. And it's because they haven't confessed and said they were wrong said and admitted that they didn't do what God told them to do to get rid of the charges so that the grace and mercy of God can, can apply and so, along with the blood. Okay, Karen, I hope that helps. And we've recorded this so you can go back and listen to it later. Okay, Lydia, who's next? Jillian. Hi, Jillian. Did she send us a dream too? I know there's one other person. Um, <clears throat> I don't think so, but she has a dream. Go ahead, Jill. Hi. Hi, Jill. What was your dream? <clears throat> okay. This was just on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I'm at my home and my parents and, the, and my children are with me. There is a terrible storm coming, a very terrible storm coming, like tornado and hurricane at the same time. And we have been watching and are watching like in the dream we'd been watching it for some time and while all my dream is happening we were watching it on the tv and the computer and the smartphone we're watching this storm come up from the um i want to say like southwestern states and i'm in ontario and we were listening to the radio and my family was safe with me and some of us were going out into danger to warn people that we loved I had stayed in because the boys were young and still needed me with them. I was sitting down and crying and was extremely worried about whether or not I should somehow warn my ex-sister-in-law because the news was saying that it was going to level the town they lived closest to. 
As time passed, the storm grew in size and devastation. I was so overwhelmed and focused on whether or not I should contact Cheryl, which is my ex-sister-in-law, as we hadn't spoken in over four years because of the divorce to her brother and all the complications um, that went along with the divorce. And I was stewing in my heart. I was stewing and my heart was wrenching over it. The more I tried to focus on helping others, like as the rest of my family was, the worse my dread got. And I was praying if I was the one to tell my ex-sister-in-law or reach out to help her somehow. I, my heart was wrenching and worried that they would die or one of them dying. I was thinking and picturing of them as a family. And I, sorry. Sorry. I truly love them, like my own family. I wanted them to be safe too. And I was sobbing out of the danger they were in but still feeling held back because of the divorce issues. Then as I was just about to say, I have to reach out to them and I don't care what Jeff says or what they say. My mom came into the room I was in and told me not to worry about it. I, that she had sent my ex-sister-in-law a text message warning her and explaining to her how to get in touch with us and we would be waiting for her response. I was so relieved. My boys were relieved as they are very close aunt and cousins. Then I started worrying about if she got the message and that if she would respond to my mother because of the divorce issues. My gut said that they would, but I was still concerned and they that they wouldn't because the divorce issues were so bad and I had hurt her brother deeply. I had betrayed his trust. My mother tried to be positive, but I just felt regret, dread, fear, and self-condemnation. And I woke up. And I think I know what it means, but I want to know if I'm right. Okay. Um, in the stream, so what is your relationship with your mom like? Is she like your, um, who introduced you to God? Is she, was she the spiritual leader in your house? Yeah, she started that way, yeah. Okay. So then it makes sense what the Holy Spirit was telling me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I go into it a little cautious. So in this dream, your mom is God. Okay. And, and that's because she was the spiritual authority. She's the one who introduced you to God. Okay. Sometimes it can be, God can be your father. Sometimes he can be your mother. It depends on their, your relationship with them. Mm -hmm. um, in this dream, your sister-in-law represents you know, um, we are sisters in the law of God. We are adopted into the family of God. So yep. this would be brothers and sisters in Christ. The fact that there it's a sister from a divorce brother, this is sisters and brothers who really aren't believing the same way we are. There's many branches to this, uh, to our family, right? Tree. And some of us are more friendly with each other than others. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so yeah. your sister in law represents those brother sisters and brothers who we really don't know where they are with God. We really aren't sure if they're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. And in this case, um, your, hold on. 
your sister, it, this is, this is concerning those Christians. And the good news is, is that God says they're going to be okay. You're worried about their eternal salvation, about whether or not they're going to make heaven. And God says, don't worry, they're going to be okay. Okay. The other thing is though, um, the whole setting of this dream, it's about the outpouring and what comes with it. Remember when God pours out his spirit upon the earth, he's moving big upon the earth and the enemy gets just as many rights as he does. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there's going to be um, a hurricane, which represents water, the Holy Spirit moving in the spirit realm. But then there's also a hurricane or a, uh, a tornado and tornado is just debris and dirt and it's all kinds of spiritual warfare from the enemy. All okay. kinds of things that don't do nothing but tear down, right? There is no water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so both of these things are, are coming in the spirit and they're coming together. And uh, after a certain amount of time of grace and mercy, we're going to see uh, more of the tornado than the hurricane. <laughs> and, and it's going to be a clash in the spirit realm. So God is just letting you know that these other Christians that have been a, a burden on your heart and that you're worried and concerned about, that he's got them. He'll, he's got it all taken care of, you know, not to worry. Okay. All right. So thank you. That's a great answer for me as well. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've been asking God the same thing, so yay. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome, Jill. Is that at all what you thought it would be? Yes, I just thought that maybe there was a message for me. I wasn't sure if, I, if that was what God was telling me and that I didn't have to worry about them or if, you know, I needed to be a part of that and that he sort of showed me grace by taking care of them anyways. Um, because of the hurricane and tornado, this is a, about a spiritual connection and not particularly about the family members, although they may fit into that category. Oh, I didn't uh, know that category. it was, I knew it wasn't about them specifically. Right. I did, like you had mentioned that it was, I knew, or I thought that I, that what you said was what it meant, was that it was about other sisters and brothers in Christ. Yes. And that possibly I wasn't reaching out like I should, and God had shown me grace by doing it for me. Like that maybe I should be you know, sharing how I, you know, what I'm learning more than I already am. And God's saying, don't worry about it. He's got it. He okay. will let you know when it's time. Okay. And maybe that is it. Cause I am worried that I'm not right. sharing so, enough yep, information no. right now. <laughs> right now okay. you're learning. You need yep. to really be well grounded so you can answer those questions before you start sharing. And yes. so the Lord's saying, nope, don't worry. I got it. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Lydia, I think Renee also sent us in. Yeah, I was um, just going to say she did, so I'll let her go next. Okay. Hi, okay, Renee. Renee. Hello, everybody. So glad to hear you all. Um, my sister wanted me to interpret that dream. I don't know why she asked me. We have not discussed that I'm taking this class for this course. 
with courts of heaven. That's amazing. But I tried to interpret it. And what I would like for Lynn to do is interpret it. And then I will text you what I sent her. And just to see. <laughs> okay. Is that okay? Sure, right. yes. Okay, so. And that's a, all I know is what, what she has right there. That's all I know. Okay. I see it. A family goes, a, a family, not necessarily her family, but a family goes on vacation. I think it's her family. I think it's her family, but she just, because she was asking a question. Yeah. Okay. So a family goes on to on vacation at a house or a hotel. When they arrive, the place is huge, rooms and rooms. The further they walk in the house, the larger the house seems to be. Then one room is full of white beds, um, rows and rows of pretty beds, white beds with white headboards. The entire place is huge and beautiful. Okay, what this is talking about is a temporary place, um, a, a, a hotel, um, is a temporary place in life. It's not someplace we're meant to stay permanently. And I believe what okay. the Lord is saying is, and this talks of grace, um, white is righteousness. Uh, beds are a place of intimacy. God is letting her know that there's going to be a time of grace in her life where she um, comes into um, why, righteousness, a right standing before him so she can receive good things from him and the more she um she she looks into him and his, and all that he has for her the more he she looks into this temporary place of grace the the bigger this revelation is going to get for her and it's going to bring her intimacy with him that's the bed <laughs> and right okay. standing in the intimacy with him and the white headboard represents crowning her thoughts her with oh, righteousness. I missed that one. Okay. Okay. Did you get the rest of it? Uh-huh. Well, and you're recording, so I'll go back and get it. Oh, good. Okay. Well, anybody who wants the recording, it'll be available. I'm not going to post the whole thing online. I'm just going to do the part about um, being naked. And then, uh, so it's only going to be a okay. short 20 minute and the rest of the segment, if you message us at cohvisit at gmail.com and say, can I have a link to the recording? We'll give you the link where okay. you can download it, but it's only going to be good for a week. Then we have to get, move out more spot. <laughs> it costs, okay. it'll cost an extra $50 a month if we want more, more room okay. to down for more video. So, okay. We only get a limited right. amount of video room. Thank you, Simon, so much. And I missed it. I missed it. <laughs> no worries. I'm sure that you did a good job for her. You got most of it. That's I great. tried. <laughs> That's wonderful. Good to know you're coming along in, in your interpretation. Yeah, I am. I'm doing better. Wonderful. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing us gifts. Okay, Lydia, who's next? Sheila, I'm calling people in the order that they wrote their name down. So Sheila's next. Okay, Sheila, what dream did you have this week? I feel like I should get interpreted. And I'm sorry, I'm moving the garage door because Josh was getting off the bus soon. Can you hear me? Yep. Uh, do you want to wait and go later? Uh, I should have like five minutes. Okay. The bus Who's is passing next? by. So, um, yeah. Uh, 
Do you want to pass, get me, and then come back to me? It's up to you. Yes. Okay. Go, okay, that'll okay. be good. Okay. Go ahead, Lydia. Okay, Amy's next. Hi, Amy. What what dream did you have? It was 12 years ago, and you still remember it? No, no. Well, I did write that in the recording, but I actually want a different one interpreted, if that's okay. Okay. What What is your dream that you've had recently? Okay, so I had a dream the other night that I was walking into um, an auditorium and it had two bleachers, two sets of bleachers, and the one bleacher was full and the other set of bleachers had three people on it that were my daughter's friend and her two parents. And as I walked in, I said out loud, what's the matter with all of you? You don't want your spirit ministered to? And I walked over to the bleacher that just had the three people sitting at it. And somebody was ministering to their spirit. And then the dream like shifted and I was in a car with somebody. I don't know who I was in the car with though. And we were driving, but it was a pretty like reckless drive. Now, I don't think I was driving but it was a very like reckless sort of a drive and we were like driving over curbs and around bends. And then somebody like fell through a roof and the next thing I knew I was in a store and I had bought a bottle of water and I felt like the person at the counter was being really rude to me. So my brother was in the store with me at this time, and he said, because uh, I started saying something to the person, like, why are you being so ignorant? And my brother was like, just leave it alone, Amy. And I said, no, I'm not going to leave it alone. And I was like, um, no, you need to give me back my money or I'm going to phone the police. And the person gave me back the money, and I took the bottle of water, and I slammed it into their chest. And the person was a woman and started crying. And then I said to her, let's go have dinner. And so the next thing I know, we're sitting outside by like a campfire. And my brother is eating shrimp. And he's like spitting out the tails. And I was talking to the, the woman that had been behind the counter. And then I woke up. Hmm. Okay. And how long ago did you have this dream? Um, just a couple nights ago. Okay, so the first part of the stream was about um, the reckless car drive, and then uh, what what happened just before that? I got lost. It was a little long. Sorry. I know. Uh, so I had walked into an auditorium that had two sets uh, right. of speakers, and one one was filled, and the other one only had three people on it yeah okay and the one that only had three people were friends kind of friends that you knew right they were my daughters one of them was my daughter's classmate and her parents when um this year or was it a previous year it's this year it's actually a girl that is fighting with my daughter right now so i thought it was really peculiar that i would be dreaming about them okay that's important that's that's what we needed to get to um, this dream is about, um, so the, the stadium represents levels of people of where they're seated in God, right? And okay. there's two, there's, there's a half of the um, body of Christ, which isn't really even seated. 
And some of those people there are actually in disagreement with the Holy Spirit. Your daughter in this dream would be the Holy Spirit. And it's, and it's, you see how the, your daughter's friends and their people that are fighting with your daughter and okay. how, how you were questioning about whether or not they wanted to have their spirits ministered to. So this yeah. is a people that are at odds with the Holy Spirit. They're not really flowing with him. They're more or less arguing with him. Okay. And, and like I said, the, the stadium often represents the body of Christ. And so it shows that there's one half that's really, you know, starting to be ministered to by God. And there's another half where a lot, most of the seats are emptied and the ones that are filled are filled with people arguing with the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. Uh, now, then the next thing is, it was a very crazy drive, right? Yeah. So this represents um, that you were, this is to describe the people that you've just seen. Um, okay. So, so they took you on a wild and crazy, a very terrifying type of drive, not a great one, towards your destiny. Okay. And so it'll help you pinpoint these other people in the body and since you weren't driving and then you fell through the roof um so that immediately says that you um the roof is what is covering our lives it's what uh, what protects us and okay. you've seen that there is a hole that there that there, it's not sturdy that there's a hole in their protection their covering is is wrong it's it's not well made you fell straight through it That's to say, that leads up to this next part. And the supermarket often represents a place where we go for provision. And it, since this is about the body of Christ, and um, it would be provision from the body of Christ. So God is trying to show you about this person this, that you've been involved with. Um, so you thought you could get the Holy Spirit from there. That's the bottle of water. But what you found out was that you didn't like the price. It wasn't right. You, you came to realize that that interaction was wrong, especially where the woman was concerned. And so you, so you stood up for this, but there's a brother, and the brother represents a brother in Christ, who, who really thought you might have been overdoing it. So maybe not everyone thought it was right that you had, you took exception with what this woman who was providing, supposed to be providing for the body of Christ, but you didn't like, you didn't think it was fair of what she was charging and, and how she was operating. And now you know all the other things about her from the dream, right? Yeah. That there were some, that there were some flaws and the things that covered her life, the coverings, that it wasn't really built well, you could fall right through, right? That yeah. um, maybe going towards the destiny, the destiny was really erratic and, and not really good, you know, very scary. And that um, they were kind of bossing the Holy Spirit around instead of being ministered to the Holy Spirit in contention with. Huh. Okay. And so God is talking to you about this person. And so the last part of the dream is you went to have dinner with her, right? Yeah. This means that there may be an opportunity for you 
to share what you have learned with this person in the okay. future. <laughs> so God is just letting you know there may be an opportunity for you to share what you know on your terms with this with this person. Okay. <laughs> I hope okay. that speaks to your life and what you're going through right now. <laughs> Yeah, that speaks so perfectly to just one situation that's been really bothering me. So thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, glad to help. Okay, we've got 20 minutes left. We're about two thirds of the way through. So let's keep going. Uh, okay, minutes. Catherine is next. Hi, Catherine. What dream did you have today? Hey, hello. Um, yeah, I had a dream last night. And in the dream, I was very aware that I was getting married. Um, and it was, the wedding was imminent. But I was very aware that as well that I wasn't prepared for the wedding. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know which church I was going to get married in. I didn't have a wedding dress. I didn't have shoes for the wedding and I then sort of was hastily trying to put an outfit together and um, I, I got a cream colored dress that I put on and um, I think my mum was helping me I just have a recollection that my mum was somewhere around and at some point I went into my workplace which was a little bit strange um, and I was wearing this cream dress and I opened, uh, I was at my desk, uh, or, um, there was a pedestal under my dress desk with, with drawers. And I opened the drawers and there were wrapped gifts in the drawers. Um, some were wedding gifts, um, but some were Christmas presents and they were all unwrapped gifts. So I started to take the gifts out of the, the drawers. Um, but then I also became aware that uh, that was just like I was being, that was preparing for this wedding, but I didn't know who I was marrying. And there were some sort of men that came to mind, um, none that I can, none that I knew of in the dream, uh, like, like I know of in the natural. And one of them I remember thinking, oh gosh, no, definitely not. And then yeah, just being very aware that I didn't know who I was marrying and, and then I woke up. Okay, so this is a really uh, good dream. It has some very good positive aspects, but it also has some warning here. And I'm, I'm sure you probably felt that in the emotion of the dream. Mm. When, whenever you see a bride in a dream, it's talking about your eternal destination. Mm -hmm. So this is about your being with the bride of Christ. And God is letting you know that you're not all that well prepared. You, you know, we're supposed to have uh, shoes upon our feet. That's what we're walking in. And it's supposed to be sandals of peace equipped by the Holy Spirit. Um, what we're clothed in is what we're um, operating in. So sometimes it can be like a warrior outfit because we're on the front lines. You know, other times it can be robes or mantles. It just depends on on the anointings and, and what we're equipped in. And oh, sorry. There's one of the... Sorry, there's one okay. other bit that might be relevant to what you're saying. Sorry. Um, I was aware also that the cream dress I was wearing, at one point it had green felt tip pen marked down the front of it. And I remember thinking, gosh, I wonder if that will come off. 
Okay, so this is about your righteousness as the bride of Christ. So, so, and the fact that you really don't know your groom, it's God letting you know that, that you need to really strengthen what you know about the Lord to be able to walk in, in confidence in all that you need to be equipped in. Um, cream is a color that is a mixture of white for righteousness. Most of the time brides are sparkling white, but cream can also mean hope. Um, because, well, it's a mixture of righteousness and hope uh, of the mind. So God is encouraging you to take hope um, in that eternal destination to be well-equipped and well-assured, to walk through all aspects of your life as the bride, as the destined bride of a prince. And that's why you come into your marketplace, your business, your place of work. And as you embrace and, and fully start just thinking about it all the time in life, in, in, in reference to every aspect of your life, what you're gonna find out is what you found at your office. That drawer full of gifts, the wedding gifts and Christmas gifts. Well, there are some gifts that God has given us at the, with, because of the death of his son. That's Christmas gifts. There are other gifts that are for the bride to grow in, in communion and revelation and in our destiny with, with God. And so the Lord is encouraging you and saying to come deeper in him and there's gifts waiting, but he wants to be in every aspect of your life. Okay. <laughs> I hope that speaks to you. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. Very much uh, so. Thank you. Yeah. Good. So that's, that's what, uh, it's just a great encouraging dream. It is a little negative because, you know, we're, we are supposed to know we're the bride of Christ. Yeah. Um, but, but that's a bit worrying. Wants, yeah. But he wants you to really take hold of this in every aspect of your life that don't worry about your business um, to, to go boldly forth and know that you are the bride of a prince and you're okay. already equipped for it. Thank you so much. And could I, I could get a recording of what you've just said. Yes. Um, we, like I said, if you'll message us at COH visit we will send you a link and it'll only be good for a week. So we have to keep the leading. Yeah, I understand. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay. You. You're okay, welcome. Okay, Gail is next. Hi. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I ended up having a series of dreams uh, on Saturday. And in the first one, I was in a mansion or a new building. I'm not really sure what it was, but there was no furniture in every room I went into. Uh, there were people trying to tempt me to do different things. Um, and then I woke up. And then when I fell back to sleep, and the next dream, I was here at work, and I was working with our medical director, and I took a call from three kids that were hiking in Utah in the middle of nowhere, and their grandma was a patient of ours um, and was here getting treatment. And one of the kids had gotten bitten on the right leg by a snake, and they didn't know what to do, um, and they couldn't get a hold of their mom or their grandma. And so the doctor um, had me call the ER, which is near where they were. And so I had the ER on one line and the kids on another line. And we were trying to figure out what to do and trying to get them help. Um, and while I was on the phone with the ER, I was arranging to have the kids rescued. Um, and so it kind of played through that for a while. And then I woke up while I was still trying to work out where the kids were. 
And then, then the next dream, I was- Oh, wait, 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 Gail, wait, before you go on to the next one, let's get these two out of the way so I don't lose track. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll go back and weave them all in together, but let's get some okay. basics about each dream. Okay, so in the first dream, let's start with that one again. The first dream was- It was, I was in a mansion or a new building. In a mansion building without with furniture. Right. Okay. So this speaks, um, this, if it wasn't your place, um, if no. it wasn't your home, then it talks about God bringing you to a place that is, even though it's a, um, it seems like people should have everything that they need, they really aren't equipped to do anything. There's a, a lack of equipment. Um, so like furniture, couches are where we rest and we talk with friends. It's, a, a, so it's our ability to interact socially with others. A dining room table is where we eat our food and where we receive nourishment from the body of Christ and, and even um, wisdom from other areas. A bathroom is where you remove sin. So because there was no furniture, it, it speaks about somebody whose life looks big on the outside, but is really empty and ill-equipped to deal with stuff on the inside. Okay. Um, and now the next stream is going to show us a little bit more about them. We, we see that they're just kids, right? Mm -hmm. So this is about young baby Christians, little tiny baby Christians. Um, they're kids. They're maybe not baby. Maybe they're um, the age of the kids would tell you how, where their maturity level is. So they haven't they were teenagers. Heard, they were teenagers. So they weren't, haven't really um, just heard about Christ. They've known about Christ, but they're probably in rebellion because teenage years are a time usually where a lot of kids run into rebellion. So these are Christians that are in rebellion. And because of that, they're really not equipped to deal with a lot of things. Their life looks good on the outside, but on the inside, they're kind of empty. And what has happened to these, uh, these, and they might not necessarily be young people. They might be 50 and still be a teenager where in their spirit. Okay. So these people that you know um, who are this way have been poisoned by a lie. That is the snake that bit their ankle. It, it's poisoned their walk with God. So now God is showing you why their life is empty. They have heard something from the enemy um, that it was a lie. They might even think it was God. They might've been, it might, it might've been a preaching of another minister. God's telling me what the, what, what it is, but I'm going to make sure your other dreams line up with it. Um, exactly what has happened here. <laughs> so, okay. so these kids or these people, these Christians are, are hindered in their walk and God is asking you to help them. So a ER is a place that brings healing. It's so you have, you will have some information that, and you will bring this information to help them get healing from that lie, removing that toxin of the enemy so they can come and walk with God. So what was your next dream? Well, so the next one, I was in a town that I used to live in and I was standing inside of a parking garage and there was green, small green hail coming down. And I put my hand out and I could feel the hail, but it didn't hurt. And it was very small and I had it in my hand and then I just kind of turned my hand and watched it drop onto the sidewalk and then I woke up. And then the last dream was um, my husband was the king and he left and I was living in a forest and I had to live in a cave. And this is the strange part. So I had a rabbit that was living there that dug a hole under my uh, sleeping bag. And under the rabbit, a mouse dug a hole under that. And under that, a cockroach dug a hole under that. 
And then I moved to another cave and the cockroach, the mouse, and the rat followed me. And they all lived under my sleeping bag. Okay, so this is where the problem is. <laughs> this is what, this is describing what the problem is and why these people are suffering. It's about um, provision raining down from heaven. It's the prosperity gospel. Have you heard of that? <laughs> I have. Okay. So it's people whose walks have been hindered because they're waiting for prosperity to rain down just by saying the right things and not necessarily by doing the right things. Remember the prosperity gospel, they don't really talk a lot about turning from sin, finding out what your sin is, confessing that you've done wrong to, to remove the sin. They just talk about, oh, if you say it enough and if you believe it enough, God will provide, right? Right. So, so that is that green hail raining down. Hail is ice, ice is, for, is made of water, the Holy Spirit. It's supposed to be refreshing, but hail, unlike other kinds of ice like snow, it can actually be a little painful when it comes, right? But it's right. coming down in chunks and it's green, meaning provision. So this is the lie that they are, that they are so focused on that it's hindering their walk. Okay. So, the, so then the next one is about um, with your husband who's gone and he's a king, um, but it's a forest and a cave. So a cave is a time of, of uh, isolation, and it, uh, that's uh, one of the meanings of a forest. And the fact that there is a rabbit, and under, so a rabbit speaks of multiplication in this dream particularly, we know rabbits are all about multiplying, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but underneath that, you notice there is a rat. Now, a rat, if, you know, or a mouse it is not such a great thing. We know those are pretty much pests, but that's a small pest. And then underneath that is a cockroach. So it's showing you the wrongness of that prosperity. That on the surface, it doesn't seem so bad. Rabbits are fluffy. They're, they're cute. You know, they're, they multiply, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, it, and the fact that it's underneath a sleeping bag is um, a place of rest in the wilderness. It's where we're sleeping. So these people are, are um, isolated because of this doctrine. They've kind of isolated themselves. Maybe they've been burned by it. Maybe they haven't seen the provision. Maybe, you know, it at first came and then the mouse came and then the cockroach came, you know, and it, and it all just kind of got worse and worse. Um, but God is showing you what's underneath that and that you shouldn't be sleeping there. They shouldn't be in that place. Okay, that helps. Thank you. You're welcome. So be, you'll need to be prepared with all of the information about um, the courts of heaven, about uh, why we need to confess our sins, uh, and be really prepared with the New Testament to kind of combat that prosperity gospel and what they've heard. Because they've heard select bits and pieces, and they forgot that most of the New Testament, how many times do we hear, hear you have to turn from your sin? Whoever you obey, you're in a master. Even Jesus himself said, now go and sin no more, lest something worse come upon you. But how many times do you hear that preached with the prosperity gospel? They, they go straight, strictly on the word of faith of, oh, if you say it enough and believe it enough, it will be done. And they forget that it's a walk that we're supposed to be enriching with God. And if we, if we walk towards our destiny with God, 
then good stuff he'll provide for us. But we should be focusing on our relationship with God and removing sin from our life so we can strengthen that relationship. Right? Thank you. That, that does make sense. I think I know who it's about. So. Yay. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sheila is next. <clears throat> uh, didn't we already do Sheila? No, I was doing no. that. We, oh, that's we, right. We bumped her down the line because she wasn't ready. Okay, Sheila, what's going on today? Okay, so I dreamt that um, as a family, my husband, Dave, and I, um, and the kids were flying to Massachusetts. Um, and our flight got canceled because of snow, but there was like snow storms every place, and all the flights were getting canceled. And we were figuring out when we were going to reschedule our flight. Um, but then the dream just changed, and David was driving to Massachusetts to meet his niece. So I just had a dream that kept going, but it kept, like, switching. So what God is telling you is that, so Massachusetts, um, most of us here in the United States know that's kind of where our country was founded. That's one of the founding places of our country, right? Yeah. Um, and in this dream, it would be more about um, reaching the kingdom of God and the promises of God. Because we this this country was founded on the promises of being able to worship God, so this is about your traveling towards that destiny with God, and God is saying that um, that the refreshing of the Holy Spirit is coming, and so moving in the Spirit, it might be wind up taking you towards your destiny driving instead. So in other words, be flexible. Don't think that it always has to be one way when you're heading towards your destiny with God. Okay. And because yeah, um, I wasn't east, with him though. You weren't with him. East was, is judgment and west is grace. Okay. So in this dream, um, it might be about um, going towards judgment, which are the courts of heaven, yeah. that it's not always necessary. And if your husband was there with your kids, it might be, mean that the Lord has it covered and he's going to get there one way or the other, going to get justice. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, so the not to worry about going, it. Though. And okay, so, so then, then what happened next? Okay, so, so he, um, so David was meeting his niece somewhere between Massachusetts and here, and I don't know what for, but, um, and then, like, the dream just went to, like, we moved into a new house. And then we were taking our kids to school and a, and a few others to school. We usually take other kids to school. So, um, but, so we're in the carpool line and the carpool was really crowded and only one kid got out. And so then we had to turn around and go back through the carpool line, but we had to get on the feeder road, like on a freeway. And we were driving along the feeder road, turn around to let the other kids out to go to school. And then that was over. And then I was making breakfast for the kids and I was making pancakes. Okay, um, so then God is letting you know when you're heading towards your destiny that what's going to happen. The kids okay. in this dream represent uh, spiritual kids, people who come to you to learn about God, people who you reach for God. Okay. And God is showing you that some of them you'll just kind of usher to a place where they can learn. But others, you'll have more direct contact where you'll be mentoring them and helping them receive that food. So, you know, we find that with the academy. There are some people that can come in and learn with the academy with, with not much help. 
but then there are other people that they just really need to connect and talk every now and then and and receive a little bit of help along the way okay and so okay. that's what this dream is saying to you is that in your life going towards your destiny you're going to encounter this okay perfect okay, okay. all right thank you lynn thank you're you. welcome that's a great destiny dream just gives you a little bit of help along the way to know what to expect okay and what happens like if you have a like, dream after dream like four nights in a row i just dreamt that i some mornings i remembered them and some mornings i didn't it just means that the spiritual realm is very active and it's great the holy spirit's trying to give you direction um remember the enemy gets access too so sometimes yeah um, you know, God shields us, shields us, I think from the enemy dreams. <laughs> so when okay, it's his turn, remember them. yeah, the Holy spirit just kind of lets us not remember those. Okay. We have a good counselor. Yes. Okay. 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 Thanks. You're welcome. We have time for one more. We do have time for one more. Okay. It's up to you, Lorna. Do you want to go? Yeah. If there's time. Yeah, um, there is. Go okay. ahead. Um, hi, Lynn. Hi, Lorna. Hi. I was just um, hoping to review last week's. I tried to record it, but my phone failed. Um, it was, and it kind of ties into what you started in the beginning of this. It was that um, dream about, I was in a room, um, a white room, and there was this man, he was lying on a mat, and he actually was had no shirt on he was naked from like the waist up but he had no hands like from his forearms down they were like black withered shredded like uh like death i don't know what to call it and uh i knew somehow that i belonged to him and that he had another woman before me almost like a wife and then the next scene was standing on a pier, on a dock on a river. And the river was moving, the water was moving. And he was standing there facing me and he was covered in these heavy chains, these brass colored, um, goldy colored, heavy, heavy chains. And he turned from me and dove into the river. And the feeling that I had was kind of shock and horror, but also relief, like he was gone. I, I guess I'd hopes that he was dead. And then the next scene, I'm somewhere just doing, you know, something, wherever. And I turned around and he was standing right in front of me. And he looked rejuvenated, refreshed. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, like... So yeah, I do remember this dream, and um, I do remember the interpretation thereof. Uh, in this dream, the man is actually a demon. Yes. And uh, the fact that he it has no shirt on means that you probably realize that the enemy has had influence over you in some ways. That, you know, he's had some, some brought some things into your life, and, and you're aware of yes. this. Yeah. Um, and laying on a mat in a in a means that it's uh, there's a there was at one time intimacy and the earth represents things of the flesh so yeah. there was something that you did in your life that brought you into intimacy with this demonic spirit mm. and you're aware of it yeah. now he's been revealed 
Um, then the dock represents a place uh, where you met up with a big pool of the Holy Spirit, you know, and uh, people tried to get rid of this demon by the name and the blood. That's the, the brass, uh, the black, brass chains and, and loops and stuff. Um, it was the name and the blood. The things of God are good and they don't perish in the fire. But what they did is they chained that demon, but it didn't get rid of him. It pushed him under the surface. Water represents, uh, it can be some, uh, a demon that becomes hidden and it's just under the surface. And now he only springs up every now and then. But it's like, um, if this uh, demon was able to, had a stronghold of anger, it'd be like you were fine for months. And then all of a sudden, one thing would happen and you would just totally lose it like you haven't lost it in a long time. And then afterwards you'd be like, gosh, why did I respond like that? Well, it's the hidden demon in your, that still has access. And it has access because you chained him with the name and the blood of Jesus, but you didn't take care of the sin that he was attached to. Right. And with, without removing that sin, um, he, you get grace for a while where he's pushed down, but then he's allowed to come back. Yeah. So you, you need to find out what that sin is. And a, yes. we've, We've had testimonies about the academy where people come in and they have that first appointment for grace and mercy, where the attacks of the enemy are lessened. And then um, they start the academy and all of a sudden they start realizing where their sin is. The Holy Spirit just starts speaking to them and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm guilty of this sin. <laughs> and they, and they, they confess that they're guilty. They plead the blood and, say, and declare they're not going to do it. And sometimes it's ancestors as well. And then that spirit's gone and they feel it leave. Yeah. So this is why God is revealing to you that there's still an issue. So you can, you can be ready to confess and turn from that sin and, and say, oh gosh, yes, I do now. No, I did that. You know, And break all ties. And especially for your ancestors. I have a feeling that it's an ancestral thing as well in your family line. I do too, because I can't, you know, I think I've repented for, sins of every you know whatever i can think of so well, i'm thinking that, what's looming out there that i've missed start the academy work your way through it um once you're ready to go and receive charges if the if it's if you haven't had revelation by then uh, after you get through of how we we receive charges and how we deal with those charges and all the different things connected with it then you then let's go and look for charges and it'll definitely reveal where it is but first take time to study and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. He may just put it on your heart and you'll be like, wow. And it'll be a huge revelation. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Lynn. You're welcome. Okay, guys, we're five minutes over for my next meeting. Uh, I have to go. So Chris, I'm so sorry. Or I didn't get to do a dream for you today and Nawabisa, but next time we'll put you first on the list, if that's okay with you and do your dreams first, if you'll come to next week's. But until then, may God bless you and keep you and bring, bring you sweet dreams at night. And we're going to run off to our next meeting now. Okay. Thank you, Lynn. You're welcome. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye.